All right, y'all, once again, welcome to the Bald Never Lied podcast. One half of your host, I'm the coach. Luke Foe, second half was popping. We finally here, second half of the season, man. Ready to get into things, man. But before we do, we want to thank y'all once again for listening to the podcast. Appreciate all the love y'all send. Yeah, that's a fact, man. Y'all keep us going. I mean, we love hoop anyways, but there's no debate without, you know, somebody else chiming in other than just us two because we sometimes have the same uh, philosophy. So it's good that everybody chimes in and we're able to debate and talk to other people. And they don't fall. Real recognize real, whether we agree or disagree. Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, sometimes y'all not right, but it's okay. You know, everybody can't be right all the time. <laughs> it is what it is. Man, let's jump, let's jump right into it, man. We we finally got All-Star Day out the way, man. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hate it. But, you know, other, right. other people thought other, otherwise. But, but oh, man, I'm, I'm going to let you get into it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I hate to be the guy that says I told you so. But, man, first of all, I'm going to be honest. Like I told y'all at the end of the podcast, I'm a you know watch for content wise for the for the podcast. But man, I'm gonna be honest. I had my headphones in. I was at somebody else's house too. At my homie's house, I had my headphones in the whole time. I was watching battle rap. I was watching battle rap. I didn't watch this shit, man. Like I watched bits and pieces. I had little side bets here and there. Um, I bet on Sabonis to win the skills challenge because you know I'm pretty smart. And he came That's in second. Easy, round. easy yeah. bro. So, you know, I won that. So, of course, I watched the skills challenge. I'll be honest about that. Um, I watched the end of the three-point contest. I didn't watch the full thing as well, just because I seen that Mike Conley was close to beating Curry, so that was excitement. Um, dunk contest is exactly what I told y'all. A G League dunk contest. Dudes, like, yo, shout out to them. They made it look easy because they all have hops, but they were doing the most regular shit to me, and it was like, okay. Cassius did get robbed. I will be honest, he did get robbed. Me and you both said he is probably the best dunker in it, but Cassius got robbed out the jump. Yeah, it, it was gonna be a G League type dunk contest, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, I've seen a lot of people disappointed. Yes, the judges were shit, but either way, it wasn't like eh, like if this was a regular day, right? And they all did those dunks, none of that shit would have been top ten that night. Like it, it wasn't worth it. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, the All-Star game, I definitely, definitely, definitely didn't care about that one. That was even more shit. Obviously, we both had Team LeBron winning, and they did win. They won very easily. It wasn't even as close as last year. This was just a rushed All-Star weekend. It was a complete fail. I hope the numbers were failed. Adam Silver, I, I love him, but this was one of those times where it was like, oh, you're really like, a commissioner you know like he's always felt like a like an older head that was you know that was for the people but this year man he was strictly for the money and it backfired on his dumb ass and I'm happy for it because <laughs> this was embarrassing it wasn't worth it I'm pretty sure they didn't have crazy numbers it, it, it was a shit all-star weekend man and it wasn't even a weekend it was a day it was shitty Yo, the crazy part is when I would talk to people, they would be like, yeah, man, it's All-Star Weekend. I said, no, it's not. It's All-Star Day. 
They're like, what do you mean? What about Saturday? I was like, it ain't shit going on Saturday. It's everything is on Sunday. So the fact that people, people, even people's mindset is fixed for All-Star Weekend, it was a day. It just felt rushed. I didn't like the how how everything was put together. Skills contest. I already knew Chris Paul. Everybody wanted Chris Paul to win so bad. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I saw somebody just tweet, man, Chris Paul just can't get to the finals for shit. Yeah, no, and right. Then, the, the, then I saw the three-point contest. Three-point contest, I didn't watch the whole thing. It was it was exciting just to watch Curry. I knew I knew he was going to go crazy. Um, Mike Conley, he performed in that. And I'll, I'll get to get into Mike Conley deeper into the All-Star game. But the dunk contest, Cassius got robbed that first dunk. And after that, that set the tone for me. I mean, Obi, Obi jumping over Julius Randle and his pops. It, it was cool. It was cool to see. And for those who don't know, I'm going to say this right now. Obi's pops look like Slim Charles from The Wire. If, if, if you know, you know. That's, that's exactly who I thought he was if you watched The Wire. But the All-Star game itself, it, it was just cool to see Steph and Dame just launch from half court. Like you said, we had Team team LeBron winning. Shout out to Giannis, too. Also, I'm going to get into deeper um, Giannis in, in the second half of the storylines. But but overall, like we said, it was just it was just below average. NBA dropped the ball. I didn't like it at all. Shit was trash. And then it was, let's, let's, let's just say, like you said, the, the only reason why this was put together was just for, for, for just money purposes. The, the TV networks got paid. Everybody else got paid. Now, now let's get back to hooping. I'm glad LeBron didn't exert no energy out there, only playing 13 minutes. And, and let me just say this. I know we all respect Mike Conley. I get it. I, I, I like Mike Conley a lot as a player. He is not an all-star. Get him out of there. I'm sorry. You're not going to tell me somebody who averaged 16 points on the third best team is an all-star. I get it. Other years, he maybe got snubbed. But but now we're starting to snub other players for 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 what? For for the politics of the game. So so what is now being judged? That's my next question. And and hopefully hopefully we we don't see this going forward. I, I'm I'm sorry. I mean ESPN loves soft stories. We we know this by now. Like like you yeah, said, was- I get it. Yeah, it was it was snubs from years before. Um, I mean, I really, honestly, like him and Devin Booker. I really didn't even look at it as like them being all stars. Like, yeah, they were replacement all stars, and that's technically still an all star. But it was just like a, who cares? Honestly, like they, I don't know. Replacements just don't hit the same for me. Like usually, when Yao was out and there was a big replacement for him, you know, like that, like it hit yeah. different because the whole league was so good and. It was just like, yo, there was real snubs. But now I don't think – everything is not a snub. Just because everybody's having a great season on shit defenses, like, everything's not a snub. And people got to realize that, like, Mike Conley was a snub. Like you said, he was averaging 16 points. Fucking Gordon Hayward was way better this year. Brandon Ingram is way better, but he's on a shit team. It, it's some guys, but it's just like, I guess now I'm just going to start looking at snubs as, like, coaches' favorites are good guys because that's all this is now. It's it's boring. It's annoying. This is why All-Star Weekend is becoming trash all around. Yeah, man. But 
I'm glad we got that shit out the way. So now we can get right back into the league, man. So as we've seen over All-Star Weekend, I'm glad Blake Griffin is now chosen up to, to go to Brooklyn, chosen up to go to Bed-Stuy. Can't blame him for that decision. I'm going to say this right now. I feel like Blake Griffin just pulled a, a subtle James Harden move. And what I mean by that, he didn't go out to the media. Then last I said he wanted to leave Houston. But we all wanted to – I mean, sorry, he wanted to leave Detroit. But we all wanted to know he wanted to get the hell up out of there. And now that he has somewhere he wants to be and actually worth playing, we're going to see him dunking again. We're going to see him dunking again. We're going to see him playing a, a lot better with a lot more enthusiasm. Just, just a lot more joy to his game. I'm not saying he's going to turn back into all-star Blake Griffin. Not saying that at all. But we're going to see him be effective for this team. Not on defense, but he's going to give them another option out there where he's going to play the small ball five, I'm sure, and be, be put in pick-and-roll situations where he's going to be effective. That's just me. But, but again, I don't think this puts them in a championship situation a championship situation just yet. I mean, they still got Philly. He he's not defending no Joel and B going coming down. And if if Milwaukee makes a move or two and, and can bolster that offense or or even if, if Coach Bud, which I'll also get into, can can bolster that that team. He he's not defending a Giannis out there. I don't see him defending anybody on that Milwaukee team either. But, but how how you how you feel about how 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 you feel about your nets going forward? I mean the same way as you. I just here's my thing, right? Everybody knows that the Nets kind of needed some defensive presence and they're all complaining about, you know, DeAndre Jordan not being DeAndre Jordan. But what is Blake Griffin? Like it, it like imagine this, right? You have Harden on the floor who does try on defense now. You have Kyrie on the floor who's completely terrible now Blake Griffin comes in and he's just as bad as Kyrie if not worse because now these big men are more dominant and it's not really I mean the point guards are still the point guards but the big men are kind of changing the game right so if you're playing like a Sabonis Sabonis is going to eat off of you guys if you're playing Julius Randle Julius Randle is going to eat yeah KD is going to guard somebody but that just takes away from KD guarding a small forward or a power forward so now that center, whoever that center is, is going to eat. Like, Cantor can probably get 20 rebounds on Brooklyn, and that's not exaggerated. That's real. Like, they don't play a lick of defense. Yeah, okay, they can outscore people, but Blake Griffin at the end of the day is a shell of himself. I think you're right. He probably was holding back a little bit, but here's the thing, and I see Laker fans trying to shit on him as well. My whole thought process with Blake Griffin is don't play him more than 18 to 22 minutes. And now everybody's acting like he's a starter and he's just going to ball out. No, that's not how this works. I think people look at teams and see guys get added and just think super team, super team, super team and go crazy. And it's not that. It's more of he's a fit, but he's not a 30-minute guy. And if he is, then that's a recipe of losing. And then lastly, what I thought about this was I said on the podcast, said everywhere, I thought Drummond was the true piece and Blake Griffin was a fallback. Blake Griffin and Boogie are fallbacks to me. If you got Drummond, whoever had Drummond, the other teams that lost on Drummond should have got Blake or uh, Boogie. So for the Nets to get Blake first, 
that actually encouraged me, honestly, because I want drumming. I want any, I'm pretty sure anybody does. I don't know what Brooklyn was thinking, but drumming is the bigger piece here in the pond than anybody else. That's just my thought process. I don't understand. And, and I, and I don't get how everybody just looks at drumming and keeps saying how his numbers aren't affected. You put him in a winning situation, his numbers are going to show. The man can play defense. No, and if you put him, let's say, in a situation like the Lakers, no, he's not going to be taking those goddamn jump shots all the damn time. His ass is going to be posted up right there from the high post to the paint. Someone who can still make plays as far as passing the ball, controlling the offensive and defense rebounds. That that man's a game changer now. Blake Griffin's not doing that. And you're not asking Andre Drummond to be the focal point of your offense also. So – that's it's, that's a that's a huge difference for what he could provide to to a winning situation. Blake is not providing that, and, and I also agree. You don't play him. I don't see Brooklyn playing him more than 20, 25 minutes, depending on foul situations. Also, because then you also taking away minutes from Jeff Green, and then you that's a team who wants to go small. He if he plays if he exceeds that. He better be on a hot night or on a hot streak, or somebody may be out in, in foul trouble or something. Because it the that recipe ain't gonna work. Him going down the stretch playing in those crunch minutes when when you want him to be the most effective. Exactly. And it's just like it I don't know. He's another guy that kind of needs the ball in his hands to operate. And he's not a ball hog, it's just he's a playmaker. So at that size, you're telling me he's going to take the ball out of James Harden or Kyrie's hands, or you're telling me he's just going to sit in the corner and be a spot-up guy? That's better for you than DeAndre Jordan? It just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, for storylines, it's, it's it's amazing. And for, um, you know, the to take down the throne, I guess you could say, that storyline, again, is is another one for, for the books. But it's just like logically – Brooklyn is very good. They have very good players. But as a team, they're not as good as people make it seem. They're, they're winning right now solely off of, you know, pure talent. But when the game slows down, and I don't know why people keep forgetting this because they somehow, like, think it doesn't happen this year or the narrative is going to change, but it doesn't. When the game slows down, these guys are not the same, bro. They're not. Kyrie is – is you know above average when the game slows down but he's another guy that that's going to rely on kd and kd can't rely on james harden in a game seven i don't i don't care what nobody says talent wise is talent but we're talking about the pure game of basketball and a seven game series or a you know a well coached series just being able to watch film on a team and break them down these guys don't ever hit the same you can't tell me if we were to stop playing basketball right now in the nba Kyrie and james harden don't make top 25 when we're talking about players of all time just in the playoffs not even regular season just in the playoffs kd makes it but harden and Kyrie don't because those guys are basically sidekicks and for being honest especially Kyrie, james harden has had his own team and showed what he could do, and he hasn't done enough. Kyrie had his own team in Boston, 
and the young guys look better than him. Yes, he looked better when he left Boston, but that's because he's able to be himself again and, you know, be that, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word, but be that ball hog and the showboater that he is. It's, it's just like the narrative is, is cute, but any real hoop guy knows, like, you get they got to prove something. It, this ain't this ain't a walk to the park to me. They got to prove something, especially with the Sixers looking better than they ever have and be looking like the best big man in the last 20 years, which was expected of him, and it fin- he's finally reached that. So you're going to really have to show me exactly, like, who you guys are. You get what I'm saying? Like, it just ain't no walk in the park for me. They just got to prove it to you. That's all. It's a prove it year. It definitely is, and they know that. We just got to see. We just got to wait and see, man. The the story is un- unwritten, man. That's why we play the game. I can't wait to see what, what Brooklyn can do going forward. And just since we on a, just a team storylines going forward, man, let's start in the East, man. I definitely want to talk about Philly real quick. They they on the road. Like you said, they playing better than ever. I feel like with, with Doc Rivers, he always unlocks Tobias Harris. We saw him play at his – what we thought was at his best when he was with the Clippers. Got traded, and now he's even playing at another higher level. And and I think I, if, if Joel Embiid can stay healthy, if Ben Simmons can, can continue to play the role that he is, that he's in right now, and, and Tobias Harris is there doing what he's doing, along with the shooting provided with the Seth Currys and, and the Shake Miltons of the world, Philly is definitely a, a title contender, and, and I definitely want to see that happen. I want to see how far Joel Embiid can lead that team. Again, he's number one right now um, in my MVP rankings. If, if, if the season was to end today, but again, that's why that's why we're playing right now, and that's why it's a race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So I want to see what Philly can do. Hopefully that team overall can, can stay COVID-free. And, and stay injury-free. That's the only thing that's really holding that team back is COVID more than anything. Shit. Yeah, I mean, that's – COVID is – and that's another, you know, storyline we got to talk about is, like, how will the NBA do in the playoffs when it comes to COVID? Like, what are they going to do? Are we going back to a bubble? Is that in the works? Are they going to, you know, double test just in case it's a fake positive like it's been? It's just a lot of things that are going to go into this season again that are so unexpected that we kind of have to prepare for and kind of, you know, turn our nose up to because this COVID shit, you know, like COVID is still real, but these fake positive tests or these contract tracings is getting worse and worse. And we've seen guys already complain like they had no symptoms or they had no they didn't have COVID, but the tests were positive, and then the NBA would come out and say that they were fake positives, but those guys still miss games. So how will they do that in the playoffs? What's your thoughts on that? Like, what, what are we going to do? Man, Nadi, I was even thinking, what if, let's say, another team all of a sudden goes on another hiatus during the second half of the season? Like, how do we replace those games again? So... I definitely think a, a playoff bubble may be in the works. Possibly it may not just be one to begin with as far as it may be different conference bubbles. But hopefully they, they got to nip this shit in the bud. Maybe that's a reason why they're pushing for vaccines across the league. Of course, a lot of players are going to be hesitant. They're going to decline from that. 
So it's definitely going to get interesting as, as we go down. I would like to see probably a possible, possibly conference bubbles. If you have one in, down, down in Orlando for the, for the Eastern Conference, you could probably place one in Vegas for the Western Conference, something like that. But the NBA can possibly, they definitely can make that work. And then hopefully down the line, we see, I think if we see the numbers go down on the false positive tests um, leading up to the playoffs, maybe we don't see, maybe maybe they, 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 they ease up on the playoffs or something like that because they are starting to let um, fans more inside the arenas more often now as far as, as far as COVID rules or restrictions starting to ease up now. So, and of course, NBA wants that money. So if they can get that money some way, somehow, they may just say, you know what, they might have to take that chance and, and bite the bullet somehow, some way. I won't. I, I definitely see them doing that as well. Yeah. And I mean, if people don't know who's not listening in California, California opens up April 1st for everything, you know, and um, our governor said alone that fans are going to be able to be in stadiums for baseball and football by the time their season starts. So just imagine the end of the season of basketball. I mean, yeah, it'll probably only be like 10 to 15 games, if that, but it'll for sure be playoffs. So that's, that's another thing, like different states is, you know, have different rules. So how are they going to, you know, what are they going to do about that? It, I, I'm honestly scared. Like, I want to have a plan in place because I don't want another – I mean, it wasn't really a big deal in the bubble because it was the bubble, but I don't want a big excuse this year. And, I like, that changes narratives in history. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, what if is always going to be a part of basketball because there's injuries, but for a player not to actually be injured and just, you know, have a positive test of COVID – that narrative is going to be way worse than an injury because you can debate an injury. Like we can debate, you know, would the Celtics win if Biden was healthy? You get what I'm saying? But you can't debate a COVID test, you know, keeping the player out or contract tracing, keeping a whole team out because what happens if the Wizards never miss two weeks? We see how good they've gotten and their chemistry. What happens? You get what I'm saying? Like the history just changes a lot and it's going to suck for fans. Yeah, that'll definitely be pretty lame to to definitely lose out because of COVID. Like we don't, and especially you don't want to see like uh, an, an Anthony Davis miss because not because of injury, but because he had a, a a COVID test, and then we come to find out he went to quarantine because it was a false positive. Like that's 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 that'll definitely be some some BS right there that we definitely don't want to get into going down, especially going down in history. So we we don't need that. We don't need key players missing because of of what they call contact tracing and it's nothing. So yeah, but even like by, a player, my bad, but even a player in no, low stature, like, like you think about Dennis Schroeder, like as soon as he went out and we'll get off the Lakers, but we can go like Michael Bridges on the Suns. Like those type oh, no, of guys definitely. are, yeah, those type of guys are game changers. A, a Marcus smart who's, you know, he has been injured, but if you put him in the Celtics don't lose as many games, you get what I'm saying? So it's like, even those Facts. third guys or those big role players, because that's what people are starting to forget about this league. You can have as many stars as you want, but those role players matter. Bruce Bruce Brown, if he's not playing how he's playing right now, and he's obviously playing out of his mind, if he's not playing like that, we would have heard different noise about the Nets with KD out easily. Oh, no, I definitely, I definitely was just thinking about, um, as we think about role players, 
Um, if Joe Harris just just somehow missed because of 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 a BS COVID testing, man, that that Brooklyn offense is is definitely gonna hurt. And there's definitely a lot of players around the league. Just if you take if you take off, like you said, like a Dennis Schroeder, or or just anyone, like a Seth Curry, even for example, you take him down in in the playoffs. That'll hurt Philly's Philly's offense and their chances. So we we definitely we definitely just gotta buckle up. I hope there is a play uh, a a plan in place because we definitely can't we can't have players miss because of COVID, and and that's and that's a, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, on it. Like the crazy part is honestly, as a fan, I'm already scared for it, bro. It's like I'm prepared for some BS to happen because that's all we've been seeing. And, you know, we couldn't, like, we've been debated about this. We couldn't have a full season in the bubble. But, man, I think they should have came to an agreement, like, the second half or the last 20 games. Maybe that's even too much. But it should have at least been from May to July or whatever we're going to do the bubble because we can't, we can't risk it, bro. We cannot risk it. It's a lot of incentives, which goes into money on the line. There's a lot of, you know, history on the line. There's free agency coming up. Guys can miss some time and lose out on money. Like, it's a lot on the line for us to just be, or not even us, but you know what I mean, the NBA to be free willing and allowing these players to just travel and, you know, have fans in the stadiums and all of that. Like, you guys can put as many guidelines as you want, but at the end of the day, look at George Hill, how he was saying, like, I'm a grown-ass man, bro. These dudes going to think like that. And that's a vet that's thinking like that. Now, think about the younger guys who probably really don't give a fuck and just care about a bag right now. Like, you know how bad that is for for everybody else? Like, one guy's decision can change two teams because one guy is playing on a team and they're playing the other team. That changes both of their teams now. So it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's pretty scary to me. I, I'm not happy about it at all. I think about it a lot. Yeah, man. This, like you said, man. You, yeah. I, all I can say is just cosign, man. You, you already, you already put it together. Ain't nothing really else to say about it. Like it's, it, it's really just up to to the responsibility of the league now, to to make sure the safety is first, and and these games, these games are are play are played through. Right. And to you know to move on because that's the biggest storyline going into the second half. Clearly, no debating. The biggest, the second biggest storyline is Drummond and the trade deadline. So for guys that are, you know, paying attention and girls that are paying attention, um, Drummond is either going to get bought out or he's going to get traded. Now, everybody knows Drummond has a big contract, $27 million, and people think he doesn't have an impact on winning. So that's what's holding teams back. Clearly, a lot of teams should have been traded for him. It's been too long that he's been sitting out. So l- let's all, you know, hypothetically think he'll be bought out. Do you see, I mean, Mark Stein reported it yesterday that the Lakers, you know, feel pretty confident that if he's bought out, he's choosing them. Do you see him choosing the Lakers or do you see him choosing someone else? The I'm a, I'm gonna take my Laker Laker fan hat off for a second, okay. and, and I I feel that if he's usually I don't see him leaving the East. Well, I kind of do. I see him going a few places. I just see him going to 
to a Boston. Boston may be lucky because we got to realize Boston still has a trade exception from from the Gordon Hayward deal that they can use. Exactly. So I feel like if some, I feel like Danny, Danny, if Danny Ainge wants to make a move that makes Boston fans relax for a second and get the heat off of him, what is he holding it back for at this point? What, like you have nothing to lose, pull the trigger. You have nothing else to really give up. What else do you do? Where else are you gonna? Who else are you gonna use it for? Either that or Vucevic. I can understand that move also, which um, Boss has been looking into. But I see him either going there. I also like if if Portland, if he's bought out, if Portland can get their hands on him, they need a big who can stay healthy. He's usually one who's who's usually healthy on the floor, and we see what Cantor's been able to do for them. Drummond could definitely do the same thing, and then Sun that definitely bolster their their defense for sure, and 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 definitely hold Portland out. But I also see the Lakers as being an option as well because, like we said before, he really cares about winning, and he wants a championship and really want to prove people wrong. You come down to LA, man. You 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 play with Bron. You know you want to play with Bron. You got a good relationship with AD. What type of one-two punch? It don't get no better than that. As what far as that combo goes for him. You know, the, the Clippers thing is just a point guard, man. That's that's really – I feel like the Clippers are fine where they are as far as they're big. I like Zubox and his role. He He's really been good for them. I like Serge Ibaka, what he does. They just need, in my eyes, a point guard for me to take them serious as a contender. Just someone who can set up the damn offense. Someone who can give an entry post pass to the mid post to, to Kawhi. Someone who can just give easy baskets to them. I've watched games and seen Pat Beverly have at least three, four turnovers within a half just because he can't pass the damn ball and and run a simple pick and roll or or just a give and go. Is it and and that that's just that's just for me. I, I don't really see him going too many other places. I would like to see it'll be interesting to see if he can go to Washington. I would like that move for him also. To see him go team up with Bill and Westbrook, that would be pretty nice to see. But that's just uh, for, uh just wishful thinking. But but what uh, what teams you see him possibly going to? Um, well, I I think he's gonna be bought. I don't see any teams trading from like I said to, unless Boston does it. So what, what teams you got in mind? I mean, that's my same thought. I only team I see trading for him is probably Boston or New York Knicks, um, because they kind of have you know strag along pieces that they can you know throw together for Cleveland to probably just get something out of it uh Boston like you said they'll probably trade a trade exception in one player so I don't think I don't think that's like much of a a thing that Cleveland wants to take on but I mean the ball out is most likely I mean we thought the same thing with Blake Griffin the just contracts being too high for players bro and it's I think we'll see this more and more each year. Um, even guys that are younger, like guys that are probably because he Drummond is fairly young. What is he? Twenty five. Like we've never seen a guy get bought out this young. And I say he's like happen. twenty. I want to say he's like about twenty twenty seven. Okay. Well, yeah. Still, like usually the the whole buyout method was for older guys. Honestly, it was for guys that kind of you know surpassed what their contract originally was and he definitely hasn't done that if you I mean a lot of people can debate is he worth the money but when he's playing numbers wise you're worth the money if Luke Kennard can get 64 million and damn near not play 
two of the four quarters, how could you say he's worth his money? You get what I'm saying? So it's just, it's debatable, but he's, he has to be bought out, I believe. And in the buyout market, I just see the Lakers, Clippers, um, and pretty much the Bucks. I like what you said about Portland, but I think that'll do too much. That they'd probably have to trade Nurk, and then that becomes complicated. Or Zach Collins or something. I don't know, but I don't. Portland would be complicated to me. I like it, but it sounds complicated. So to simplify it, it would have to probably just be Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. But I don't really see the Bucks as an option with that trash ass coach. So I really just see the Lakers and Clippers as the new, you know, head to head. And I definitely see the Lakers as a 70% and Clippers 30%. But that could change. You know, narratives change all the time, especially coming into the trade deadline. So I don't know. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be it'll definitely be interesting to see if if a team like Dallas probably be in the interest in the buyout market just to see if they're See if they'll look around because they definitely need a, a insurance bid. Because like I said, KP's not gonna get it done. I already said before on this on this podcast, they're gonna look into trading him. I wouldn't be surprised if if even they look around for a deal in him, dealing him for not for Drummond, but just in a, in a deal maybe. Yeah, you know it's crazy. What about the Warriors? Why are we not talking enough about the Warriors maybe making a deal and kind of making a splash? Like. Off of Drummond, just trade deadline-wise, can the Warriors kind of make a splash, obviously giving up Kelly Oubre and possibly that top pick? Maybe they don't give up that pick because, you know, they need insurance on Clay. But can the Warriors make a splash somewhere? It's interesting. I I don't know about the, a, a splash. I don't see what really makes them better than what they're going to be. Like, honestly, yeah, you can trade Kelly Oubre. Who would you trade for? Okay, we've heard them looking at Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo been hooping this year. So, but does that make them a second-round playoff team? No. Does that does that help them make it to the playoffs? Okay, maybe, but they still got to fight through the San Antonio Spurs, who can also – Maybe instead making a splash by by looking to trade Lamarcus Aldridge for somebody or a piece, but I don't really see them making a move that really bolsters their their that makes a splash to their their lineup that really that really makes anybody fears them. You don't think they're a sneaky fear already though, like a team you can't they're, sleep on. They'll always be a team you can't sleep on because of Steph, and just because yeah. of Steph alone, but. But again, if we're if we if we're expecting them to make that run or to the, or to the second round, I can see them ups, up, I can honestly see them upsetting a the team like a Utah with the with the right trade. If if you can get exactly. Draymond James healthy with with the Steph, and you keep I say you keep Wiggins because because Wiggins has been an important piece to them. If exactly. if you can tra- if you can trade Ubre and maybe not Minnesota, you keep Minnesota's pick. If you trade their team's pick. Their team's first round pick, along with uh-huh. the Kelly Oubre to go get a player, then maybe we could talk about something, depending on, on who's out there and, and what they're looking for. But but right now, as, like we said, the team is constructed. 
it'll, it'll be nice for them to make move if they if they want to if they really want to make a run or even want to just build towards their team going forward. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like they're a little too quiet, and that's one team, like you said. I think that another piece just kind of puts them over a little bit of the hump, and then kind of sets up their future because, you know, Curry's not getting younger, guys. He, he's not. So, and Draymond is, he declines in some areas and increases in some, but Draymond is another hit or miss guy. He looks more of like, I don't know, his, like his defense kind of declined and his playmaking has increased, but I don't know how that helps. I, I think that, obviously, we all know Uber's probably gone, but I don't, like like you said, I don't really know for who. Uh, could they could they run at Kevin Love, maybe? Um I don't know. It's hard to say who he could get traded for. But there's so many guys that are out there that are possible trade pieces like a Harrison Barnes, not saying to the Warriors, but just in general. Like, the trade deadline, which is coming up, is going to be very important for teams. Obviously, I mean, we're, we're Laker fans, so we don't see it the same way others, but it's, it sounds like people think the Lakers need to make a move. And will they make a move? Will they uh, – possibly get like an auto porter who's been reported to most likely be bought out would an auto porter be a big difference um harrison barnes possibly being traded the celtics are looking into him there's a lot of guys around the league that you know could either be traded or bought out right after the trade deadline and i think it changes a lot of teams very fast so i'm interested to see every day i'm waking up you know ready for new news because around the trade deadline is when everything gets heightened. So we see it's, possible it's trades kinda, every day. My bad. It's kind of like when you – it's kind of like free agency for a second. You want to wake up and, and find some – you want to you see that woes bomb. You're trying to see what, what, what Shams is talking about. You, you want to see that next tweet or or that next news of, of who's being traded, who's being bought out. And it's going to get interesting. Like you said, man, there's a lot of pieces. I've been seeing Terrence Ross' name floating around. He could definitely be the the season he's having, man. If he was on a, a playoff team, I think a lot more people would be talking about him in a six man conversation. But he's stuck in Orlando, so he's kind of putting up empty numbers right now. Kuzovic is also his name's been thrown around. It it all depends. We got to see what teams are going to be buyers and sellers. There's a lot of teams who's who has the the opportunity to be in that playing round, but also at the same time, you may be in that that eleven twelve seed. But the way the the way the games are, are separated, you may be a few games out, but you're also looking at that pick and the way how how things have been working out in the NBA draft lottery, you can end up with the number one pick. Let's just let's just be real how how these NBA teams are thinking, these front offices and the way they want to get off these players and and also relieve cap. Once again, man, I think the, the trade deadline is gonna be interesting once again. It's gonna be a, a lot more noise made more than usual. It's just going to be interesting to see, again, what teams are going to be buyers and sellers at the end of the day, who's willing to to put their best foot forward and make that move. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to depend who it is, or who's the buyers, who's the sellers, uh, who's aggressive and who's not, because there's so many players, like I keep reiterating, so many players that are possible to be traded. But I'm pretty sure after watching last year's buyout market, I'm pretty sure a lot of teams are going to try to be smart and 
pay attention to the buyout market a little more because that's free players instead of, you know, trading, you know, and possibly ruining your cap in the future and stuff like that. I think uh, teams are starting to get a bit smarter in that sense. So the buyout market might be better than trade deadline again, which is kind of weird, but it is what it is. Yeah. Like like you said, it's it's all the 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 days of, of the trades are starting to, to listen up unless contracts match up pretty much. So it really has been less about talent value some of these days. Yeah. Uh I don't know, man. Like just for second half since who separates out of those top teams out of like the Lakers, Nets, Clippers, Bucks, and Sixers? Do the Jazz continue to, you know, be on a roll? Do they possibly pick up somebody in? I don't actually. They don't. I don't think the Jazz pick up anybody because they they like this chemistry. But do they stay stagnant? Like, are they okay with their team? Do the Suns possibly, you know, get a get a vet? They see how they're running, and Chris Paul has that team going. I'm I'm interested, man. It, it's so much to you know unpack when it comes to the second half because whatever way you look at it. You can even go to a lesser team like the Knicks. Do the Knicks make the playoffs? Does that change for the East? Like, it's so many different narratives that you can just watch play out. And I don't think – I mean, though it is a COVID season again, I don't think you can be disappointed in the second half of the season. I think it becomes more interesting. You get what I'm saying? Oh, no, for sure. I definitely co-sign that. And like you said, with now the teams that we have competing – in both conferences as far as the playoff spots. Like we said, the 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 league is always better when the Knicks are are competing. And I and I think the Knicks are gonna make that that playoff spot. I'm definitely gonna say that right now. Um but yeah I wanna see if Utah can continue this trend the way they're playing or if, if they fall off they may have an injury or or a COVID situation again. That's gonna be interesting to see. I wanna see if if the Lakers how they how they get back and how they continue to play without AD also as well. That's why I think um, Drummond will also be key if you can bring him in on a buyout deal because that's also another another insurance piece that you got as a big for, for um, AD if he has to miss any more extended time. Um, I also want to see if the Clippers can get that point guard to, to fit just someone who can who can be that floor general and and set things up. I want to, I want to see – uh, I want to see Phoenix continue to succeed, man. They they look good over there. I like what Monty Williams has put together. I think they may stand pat, let those young guys continue to grow. I think they like what they have over there. No reason why to break that up. I, th- I think they have the right mixture of vets and then also young players as well. With that team in particular, I think it just all continues on, on how DeAndre Ayton plays. If he can continue to play, rebounding the ball, finishing, finishing at the rim and being – being consistent on defense, then 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 the Suns Suns look good. I will say that in the East, I want to see I want to see how how Indiana looks when when Kyrie's come back. So there's been reports that he may come back when when the season resumes that first week. And and any time Kyrie's comes back, man, I can't wait. One of my favorite players to watch around the league. I like this Pacers team with the roster constructed and. When, when that team's 100% healthy, I think they could definitely make that push back into the playoffs. Right now, they're sitting at 10, so they're in the playing round, but they'll definitely, I think they'll definitely get in. And then I also want to see if Washington makes some noise 
as well as far as hopefully they can get into the playing around and do something. But as far as the top goes for the East, I do I do want to see if Philly can separate themselves from Milwaukee. I want to see if Milwaukee can continue to get better. And with Giannis, him winning the All-Star MVP and just hearing his post-game interviews and, and, and watching him, and his main thing was just speaking to LeBron. And like he said, at this point of his game, it's just mental. And and I do believe that's the only thing really holding him back is his is his mentality. Because we've seen him just, for example, his, his free throw percentage go down. We've seen him con- continue just to make the, the same moves at the same time in his game, just be hesitant at times. So him being being able to be around Braun and spend that time, I want to see what but that may unlock him or take his game to another level. But then I also want to challenge Coach Bud. You got the weapons over there with, with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. You got Giannis. So now what can you do as the coach can to continue to make this team better? And, again, you got players like Bobby Harris, uh, Bobby Portis, who's been playing well, Brent Forbes, who's, who's been a key piece, DJ Augustine. You got uh, Dante DiVincenzo. So you got shooters around him. So I don't want to hear that excuse either. You you got the pieces. What can you now do to to now get this team over the hump? Because if if this comes down to a coaching situation, I don't want to hear that Steve Nash outcoached Coach Bud, and and that's the reason why Brooklyn Brooklyn won the game in, in a playoff series. So that's the key reason why they're 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 advancing in the playoffs, which is. Which, which would, that would be a, a L on Coach Bud, of course. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Like, I want to ask, you know, future thoughts, but it's it's so much that could change in maybe one trade, two trades. You get what I'm saying? Like, a team right, could get like, – I, 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 I'm waiting to trade deadline. I went to the buyout market. I want to. I want to see what teams pull the trigger on, on yeah. what what moves they make before before I make that final that final statement. But it's 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 just pretty much we we just got to shoot the shit until we find out. We just got to go just go what we know right now, and, and that's the fun part. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like it's just it's hard to you know when someone asks you who's gonna win the championship or who's going to the championship. It's still hard to say with so much to to go on with COVID still being, you know, the big bad bully. It, it, it's hard, bro. And I think people got to realize that. And we kind of just have to sit back as fans and wait. You know what I mean? Like, we just got to wait. But, yeah, I also got to ask you a question, though, man, just about Talk Philly. If they get, into a, they get into a crunch time situation in game seven, does Doc Rivers pull it out? It, that, that's crazy because you know he's been so quiet people aren't even talking about that that part uh see the difference is mb can just go in the post bro you don't have to run some shit play that he always tries to do uh if Embiid's in the post i'll say that put him in the post if doc is smart he'll do that but other than that um he can still still have the typical doc meltdown but the thing see the difference is lineups too like he doesn't have a way to to fuck this over you know what i mean like right it's, yeah it's it's different it's it's different it's different now man like i huh. I, I hear you 
Yeah, he can't put in a Lou Will in a crunch time situation where he can't play deep. Like, he doesn't have that type of guy this year unless he somehow throws Maxi in, you know, in an important situation that he's not ready for. But there, honestly, if he – if Doc <laughs> – sad to say because he gets millions of chances, but if he somehow forges this, I don't ever even want to hear him in a top, you know, seven, top, top ten – he, he'll probably make sense. I can't say that. A top five, top seven, you know, all-time coach. I can't I can't even fathom that if he somehow flunks this. Like, no way. Nah, he's not top five now, if you ask me. But that's a that's another another debate we'll have for another day. I'm not against that too much right now. But but yeah, man. And I we just definitely I, I definitely can't wait, man. It's a lot of a lot of uh, races, races we also got to get into, man, as far as the MVP, MVP race. That's definitely going to be a nice storyline going forward. Definitely want to see when when Bron get his troops back, how how good the Lakers going to look again. That's that's going to bolster his his votes back up. I want to see if again if uh, I feel like right now, as long as Embiid stays healthy, it's it's his to lose. Like he, it, it's in his hands right now. The way he's been dominant. On both sides, again, he went out there and gave 40, 40 points and 19 boards to a lot of who a lot of people think is defensive player of the year out there and, and Rudy Gobert. So, so that, like I said, that man's on the mission. Like he said after the game, he was he was, quote unquote, real, real afraid to play Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's Gobert. I mean, it's Gobert. It's in beats to lose, but. I don't like the narrative because, like, let, let's be honest. If they go on a, a losing streak that the Lakers went on, do they automatically jump out and say Embiid's not the MVP? I don't think they do. I think they like they like this narrative. Um, they're doing anything to keep it out of LeBron's hands. Yes, James Harden is doing well, but I don't see how James Harden has surpassed LeBron. But somehow now it's – the MVP race is Embiid uh, – James Harden. Harden, yeah, and then Braun. Yeah, I hear it, but guess what? That's why we are here. That's why we are here to to give our, our two cents and let people know that is cat off top. Right now, the MVP rankings are still in B, in my eyes, the B, LeBron, Harden. Simple as that. Again, give credit to what James Harden is doing, but we're talking about the whole year, not just the games he wanted to take off and bullshit. Then get to where he wanted to go and say, all right, now I'm going to start hooping. Salute to him for that because Brooklyn is looks good with him right now in the regular season. But that that don't count. Can't, can't pull that with me. Sorry. Now, if Brooklyn – I'll say this. If Brooklyn surpasses Philly and James Harden is still the main, the main cog of that, then, okay, he and he passes and D, and D drops in my book. And especially if the Lakers are continuing to win – in, in their fashion sense, and we see LeBron, LeBron Hoover, even if he doesn't have AD and we just see, still see the Lakers winning again, that still means a lot. And and people people can't get that twisted. Damn, but Harden has surpassed Lillard for you already? Not yet. You know, you're right. Because yeah. Lillard, Lillard, Lillard's, still, Lillard's still top three for me. But the the way Harden has been hooping, he's definitely surpassed. He's definitely made himself in the MVP race. I, I'll say that. 
No, he for sure has. It's just, I think that like I don't know. Like, I don't know how the first half isn't hindering him. Like why? Did, why does nobody talk about that no more? Or the first couple like you, games. I mean, like you said, narratives, man. Like I said, I, I didn't. I didn't like the way that that Houston saga ended. The way he did that. The way he came out and and unperformed. And that's and that's why I say he's he he's in the MVP race. But there's no way he he could be top three. And especially, and there's another thing: if if when when Portland gets gets CJ McCollum back, they're definitely still going to be a better team, also as well. So we definitely got to watch out for them. Yeah, that, that's true. That I don't know. Portland got to make a move, though. Portland has to make a move. I really they do. And while we on Portland, real quick, just got to got to give a shout out to Mellow, man, my big homie Ben Hooper, man. Shout out to Mellow. Stay mellow out there, folks. Please stop hating on that man and certified Hall of Fame ring. Right? De- ain't even debatable. All right. There's so many flowers you can get at God, but man, he he continues to be clutch at this age. And of course, everybody loves talking about LeBron because he does play more minutes and all that. But there's a lot of older guys hooping. Chris Paul's hooping at, at an older age too. Dwight was hooping last year. This year's a little different, but. It's just like, man, these guys are certified, you know, legends and vets that we have to give credit to. We kind of got to stop just because they're not the same exact player, which nobody should be at this age. That's why LeBron is so crazy. But, man, those guys still contribute and still help winning a lot, bro. So salute to all of them. Facts. And there's definitely a lot more vets who can still contribute to this game now, which is why we're always fighting for players like Jamal Crawford to still be in the league and whatnot. Isaiah Thomas should still be in the league. But right. again, these these front offices, if if they really wanted to win, they would rate they would make the right moves. Of course, there's always off-court things as far as cap space and whatnot. So but again, salute to those who are still in the league. And that's that's performing at a high level for sure. Yeah, man. But um we we got a lot. We gotta we gotta gear up for the second half of the season and possibly the payoffs. So I hope everybody stays tuned and, you know, it's just watching as a fan and let's, let's stop the narratives and the theories and, you know, this guy sold his house. So he's going there. We, we got to stop all of that. And let's, let's just let it unpack itself and then we can debate things. But I'm kind of tired of the narratives and theories that go into these trades because it, 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 it builds a big letdown. You get what I'm saying? Like, if we allow ourselves to create big-ass theories, we're just going to be let down when the trade deadline comes because some teams just aren't financially there or they don't have enough pieces to make that trade that everybody swears they're going to make. There's only a, a select few of teams that, you know, need to make a big move or can make a big move. So let's just let it unpack itself, man, and let's stop you know, forcing things or going on trade tracker and making our own trades because Bleacher Report ain't going to help y'all, man. It ain't. So (laughs) let it unpack. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, just let these players live their lives, man. Let, Like you said, just let it unfold. Relax. Like, I I get it. We have fun. We've been making trades since we've we've been playing NBA Live and 2K, and now we can do it on our computers. But it's... Just relax. Take a deep breath, man. And 
and and just let it let it all unfold. Yes, we all have fun with the game and it's it's exciting, but but then at the end of the day, I don't want to see people going in, then you're bashing these players and then you start you start antagonizing these dudes for, for things they don't control at the end of the day. This is a business. All right. They just going out here to hoop and get that bag. There ain't nothing else to it. That part alone, literally. Man, but once again, man, as I want I want to thank you, man, Luke Fo, for 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 doing this pod with me. I always appreciate you, man. And then way before the pod, since 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 we was coming up hooping, man, off the top. Yes, and, sir. And before we end, man, just always want to say we protect, support our black women, man. We want to teach the youth, push them in the right direction, man. And again, for those out there, subscribe to our podcast. Continue to to, to push the word, man. And we appreciate all the love, support that y'all give us out there. Yes, sir, man. Salute to y'all. Remember, this is only the, you know, second half preview. We have the second half to go down. So we'll be back to our power rankings and talking about rookies and you know, we'll have more news on trades and stuff. But, you know, we got to give you a little something right after All-Star break and right before All-Star break. So, you know, stay tuned for more episodes and heavier debates and, you know, more topics. We, we're always changing and we're going to keep getting better at this. You know, it's fun for us, but we're definitely, you know, getting better and, you know, trying to push this pod forward. So salute to everybody out there, man. Yes, sir. Y'all have a y'all have a safe and blessed week out there. We out. Peace out. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page BNL underscore podcast.